and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We begin a new sermon series titled Planted. Christine Gershom shares with us what it looks like to be a follower of Christ and how no matter what season we are in, that we can grow, thrive and last. Hi church it's my joy and privilege to bring God's word to you today. As you know we just completed a series on the Holy Spirit called Ruach HaKodesh the breath of God and this new series is going to be called Planted and it's based on the verse from Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 to 8. Let's read what that verse has to say for us. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans who thinks he can make it on muscle alone. and sets god aside as dead weight he's like a tumbleweed on the prairie out of touch with the good earth he lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows but blessed is the man who trusts me god the woman who sticks with god they are like trees replanted in eden putting down roots near the rivers never a worry through the hottest of summers never dropping a leaf serene and calm through droughts bearing fresh fruit in every season so when we looked at the previous series we were looking at how to live our lives with the empowerment of the holy spirit we were looking at how apart from the holy spirit we really can do nothing and who is the holy spirit he is basically our helper our counselor our comforter so when jesus ascended back into heaven he didn't leave us as orphans he didn't leave us all alone and so today when you and i accepted jesus as our lord and savior He gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us on this journey and this new series on planted is really about what our Christian life looks like. For for many of you maybe you were saved in a service where they just said you know you make the simple prayer and now you are a believer in Jesus now you're a follower of Christ. But then once you made that big commitment maybe you obeyed in the waters of baptism and then you found that your life had struggles coming out of every corner you felt like you were just hit out of left field you don't know what's happening and today i want to encourage you that this should be how we look at life as followers of christ the christian life can be one which of incredible fruitfulness it can be one of incredible endurance incredible strength provided we are rooted and grounded in christ alone that is what the christian life really looks like today with so much of influences of all kinds of things around us sometimes the christian walk looks like a lot of different things it looks like jesus plus maybe my career taking forefront because after all everyone's running after careers maybe our christian life looks like balancing and juggling all these different things and somehow christ has been relegated to the back burner maybe we have decided that we're not able to give that much time to god because we have so many other things claiming our attention maybe we have decided you know what i'm so bruised with the church that i i would rather do the christian life alone but today i want to encourage you that as we do this series that you will come with an open heart that you will say lord i have so many preconceived notions of what my life as a believer should look like but will you shuffle it around will you change it around i'm open I'm open to what you want to do in my life and let's look at this verse from Psalm 1 verses 1 to 4 which is so similar to the verse we just looked at from Jeremiah it says this 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. When we look at this, when we look at this imagery that both the psalmist and the prophet Jeremiah are using, it's incredible because, you know, we live beside a lake. And for my terrace, when I take a walk on my terrace, I can look at the lake flowing and I see countless number of trees dotting the riverbanks. And it's amazing to see how these plants thrive, even though none of us are actually watering them avidly. They, in fact, they're not at all watered, but these trees are growing at their own pace. They dot the borders of the, of the lake. They look beautiful. And more than that, they provide shade for the animals that cross, for the humans that stand under them. And it's a beautiful sight. And here, the imagery is that of a desert shrub and that of a flourishing plant, a flourishing tree. And these are the two contrasts. And it's so interesting. Jeremiah actually calls the person who does not trust in God. He says, you're like a desert shrub. And he doesn't say you're less blessed. He says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Let's look at it from the ESV version. This is what it says. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. So what does it basically say to summarize that? Cursed is the man who does not trust in God. To give you a bit of um, background to this chapter, Jeremiah is basically he's the weeping prophet. He was telling his people how they had messed up and why they were incurring the wrath of God towards them. And so when he begins this chapter, he's telling them, hey, you know what? Your sins have been engraved. They're of such great permanence in the sight of God. He is so disappointed with the way you guys have turned aside from him. You have uh, stood at high places and worshipped idols. Your idolatry is such a disgrace. The way you have run behind other things is such a sadness for God. It's brought so much sadness to God. And therefore, he says, cursed is the man who does not trust in God. Today, in today's scenario, you may say, you know what, I trust in God, but I also trust in my abilities. I believe I'm self-made. I believe that I have worked for all that I have. I believe I eat healthy, I exercise. That's why I'm strong. That's why I'm well. But this is a warning to all of us. For those of us who make fitness our God, for those of us who make our cooking our God, for those of us who have made our finances our God, today it's a reminder. It's telling us all of what you believe in, that's not it. Trust me, I am worth it. Because think of a desert shrub. When you think of a desert shrub, if you watch the uh, the wild, old Wild Wild West movies, it begins with some tumbleweed. You know, uh, it's just a bunch of thorns which are blown across the desert. And that's how the, the credits credit reel will begin. That's what he likens us to. If my trust is in money, if my trust is in my family, if my trust is in my job, if my trust is in my abilities, my logic, my incredible brain. I am going to be rootless and aimless. I am going to be dried up and shriveled up because, hey, 
I've not trusted in the one who could actually make me thrive, the one who actually keeps me going. But the beautiful contrast which Jeremiah continues to write about is this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Just so much of detail in that. He's talking about the one who trusts in the Lord, who trusts the Lord, who takes him at his word, who believes who God is. Do you and I fall under this category? That's a big thing that we need to think about. Do I trust God in everything? With my health, with my finances, with my children, with my spouse, with my marriage, with my home, with my influence, with my desires? Do I trust him in everything? Because if I do, I am like this tree. Picture this beautiful tree to the required height that you want to picture it. Imagine this planted by a stream of water and its roots have gone deep so that it can reach the water table and keep accessing water as it needs. And when you look at it, it's a flourishing tree because there are leaves everywhere. And not only that, it bears fruit through the year, which is again a rarity, but it can happen. Are you and I trees like that? Can we be likened to trees like that? When you look at the two images, you look at the desert shrub and you look at the flourishing tree, there's one huge difference between the two, apart from the tree and the, you know, the bush. The major difference is the availability of water. If you look at the flourishing tree, what does it say? It's besides streams of water, its roots have gone deep. And so, which means it has access to unlimited amounts of water. There's just water flowing by it. And so unlimited water, whereas you look at the desert shrub, the poor thing has no access to water. There's not much rainfall in the desert and oases are hard to find. But here we're talking about unlimited resources. And here there's a definite deficit of resources. And today I want us to look at this very clearly. If you and I are to be considered to be that tree planted by rivers of water, what are those rivers that we are planted beside? I believe, I believe that when we look at that verse, God wants to remind us that Jesus himself is the living waters. When we are planted beside the living water, when Jesus has complete and total, um, uh, you know, access to my life, it's like me being planted beside rivers of water. Let me Reiterate that by reading John chapter 7 verses 37 to 39. This is what it says. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is teaching them this when he was still on earth. He had a long way to go before the cross. And he said, if you're hungry and thirsty, come to me, for I will give you all that you desire. What is it you desire today? Are you desiring to make an impact? Are you desiring to be rich and famous? Are you desiring to have a wholesome family? Are you desiring to make something count in your life? All of those desires are okay. It's all okay to have. But the beauty of it is that only Jesus, the living water, can satisfy your every need. 
when i remember the samaritan woman by the well here is this woman despised by people coming to the well midday when no one else would be around where she doesn't have to make conversation she's there by herself she runs into jesus and she's talking with jesus you know beating around the bush but he's having a very intentional conversation and he says bring your husband to me and she says the man i'm with is not my husband and he says yes you've been married five times i know and what jesus was underlying was he was saying hey you have a deep desire for something you have a void in your life and you've been filling it with a bunch of relationships which actually have not filled you up but if you come to me i will fill you up i am the living waters that's what jesus was saying today it's interesting one of um the artists in the um mainstream in secular music um she's she's a giant in that field and she's been in the tabloids a lot of late and what happened was that she was in a relationship with someone she was engaged to somebody um but that didn't work out and now the tabloids are covering how she's gone back to another relationship that she had ended many years back and again it's you know very public all everything about her life is so public and i was as i was looking at that you know this thought struck me that there is something lacking in her life because of which she is fulfilling it by being in these relationships one after the other she's not giving herself space she's not giving herself time to grieve the end of one she's just jumping into the next one and so public and there's a need in her life that she's filling with these relationships and it got me thinking what are the needs in my life that i've been filling with all the wrong things where have i been lacking something which only jesus can satisfy today i want to remind us from this verse that if you're lacking some if religion itself has dried you up if you're saying you know what i'm looking for something but i don't know what it is try jesus if you've been in and out of relationships and you're at the end of your rope you're saying you know what i don't know who i can trust anymore you can trust jesus he can fulfill that that desire maybe you've been in a relationship that has not been pleasing to god and you know it and you're saying you know what lord this particular thing satisfies me you're wrong jesus can satisfy you so i want to remind us that jesus alone the living waters can satisfy our every desire he can satisfy every single desire of our life if we let him the next thing i want us to look at is ezekiel chapter 47 verses 9 and 12 and the background to this chapter is basically is ezekiel having this vision of the new jerusalem and and it's basically a restored jerusalem you know where this is all post exile and he's just seeing how god wants to do something new in his people's lives and so there's this you know that he's having a vision of this new temple being uh, constructed and then in this chapter in 47 he sees a river flowing out of this temple and many theologians believe that that actually indicates the spirit of god who's going to be moving in the, in the times after jesus has ascended to heaven and so we live in that time and i believe that this verse is for each of us this is what it talks about and wherever the river goes you know the river which is coming out of the temple wherever the river goes every living creature that swarms will live and there will be very many fish for this water goes there that the waters of the sea may become fresh so everything will live where the river goes verse 12 and on the banks on both sides of the river there will grow all kinds of trees for food their leaves will not wither nor will their fruit fall but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing what an image and i believe that today jesus is saying hey are you 
needing freshness in your body are you needing freshness in your life do you feel like parts of your life are totally dead he alone gives us life just like those waters that are coming out of the sanctuary provide healing and life to everything that's steaming within it so also jesus the living water he can bring life to the dead parts of our life there are so many parts in our life when you think about it so many parts of our lives that are dead today there are parts that we've closed off to the father and we've said you know what lord i don't want this i don't want you in this part this is too personal i want to nurse this grudge longer and what happens is when we nurse that grudge longer that part of our life dies maybe you're struck with grief and you're not able to move past it maybe it's a lost relationship maybe it's the death of somebody but god's saying here you know what i can give life to that part of your heart which died maybe someone hurt you so grievously that you've just permanently felt like that part of your heart is off limits but god is saying i want to give life i want to restore you i want to restore every part of your life not just the parts you point out to me but everything god gives us life jesus brings new life he he promises eternal life which is what we we believe when we when we accept him eternal life is the hope that you know after this life on earth i begin life in eternity if i close my eyes tonight i meet my maker that's the assurance but also when we live on earth he promises us new life renewed life i believe that the spirit brings life to our mortal bodies that's what the word of god says and so will you believe that that if you're saying today yes there is a part of my life which has died when that spouse walked out that part of my heart died when my child rejected me spoke ill of me a part of my heart has died a part of my life feels empty today jesus wants to resurrect every part of your life no part is off limits to him no part is too hard for him to resurrect his power is at work in you and me it will resurrect again that's what jesus does jesus alone gives us life not people if you're looking to people for closure if you're looking to people for life it's not going to happen even those who love you the deepest cannot do it it's only jesus let's look at ephesians chapter 3 verses 6 to 8 this is what it says and this is god's plan both gentiles and jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by god's children both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to christ jesus by god's grace and mighty power i have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news verse 8 though i am the least deserving of all god's people he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Jesus for me you know i i always get so excited when i read words like treasures abundance uh, i i i know that for the past 7 years at least i've been reading the word of god with a new um light of understanding that in christ so much is made available to us and when i say so much don't get excited about oh you know what i'm just going to be overloaded with money and with cars that's not what i'm talking about this is a spiritual abundance and you and i as believers in jesus need to walk with that confidence that in jesus we'll have abundance so often we as believers what we do is we live with a scarcity mentality oh no if jesus blesses me he should bless the other person the exact same way What happens when Jesus blesses someone little more than me? Am I going to be insecure? I probably will be. 
that's how we've been operating but today the holy spirit wants us to come to this place of saying hey guess what in jesus the fullness of the god had dwelt and in jesus abundance has been given to each of us in jesus and through jesus the riches of heaven have been made available to us so what are we sitting and feeling insecure about what are we sitting and grumbling about so if god has blessed someone in a certain way believe that god will bless you in the way he desires you to be blessed today when we look at this i believe that jesus alone gives us abundance when i say abundance i mean abundance of the things we need in our lives not the things we want always but the things we need it's so interesting that as we all live our everyday lives we find sometimes that there are certain things we are pointedly lacking for example sometimes we forget how to forgive others when looks like we've forgotten how much we have been forgiven ourselves we forget how to show grace to others because we seem to have forgiven forgotten how much grace was shown to us what about the times when we have absolutely been devoid of love because we've been pushed and prodded in the wrong direction but then we remember that we cannot comprehend the kind of love that god has for us and that's what i mean when i say abundance you ask a person who has been through a great loss in the season ask them what they've gone through and they'll tell you this very interesting thing they'll say i've never experienced god more than i've experienced him in this season i've not experienced god's love as much as i've had in this season of loss that's god for you that's jesus for you you are someone who's going through the hardest season in their health and they'll say you know it's amazing how every day i experience these bits of god's goodness and grace that is abundance that is abundance not saying you know i have these many cars i have this and that going for me great if you have all that excellent praise god for that but it's more than that it's more than that it's about living in the abundance that comes from having the living water Jesus himself in our lives because then we have access to these resources that we otherwise would not have had. So today if you're saying, you know what, I run this business but it's not thriving. I want to ask you today, will you trust Jesus? Will you tell Jesus what you need and leave it in his hands because it's in him that he gives abundance. Jesus gives abundance. Maybe you're saying in my marriage there's no love anymore. It's growing cold. Can I ask you to ask the the creator of love the one who is love incarnate if you can ask him pour your love into me lord maybe someone wronged you and you're just not able to find it in yourself to forgive why don't you ask the lord lord remind me of how forgiven i am so that i can extend that without holding back lord and what if you ask this question this is what i've been asking him lord what are those incredible spiritual treasures that you have hidden that you want me to tap into i'm looking forward to what he's going to tell me about that why don't you ask him that ask him every question that you could possibly think of because he is longing to answer it he's longing to explain these things to us so now as we understand this we understand about what the plant in the desert the poor shrub had no access to this living water but the plant that lived beside the river has access to so much of resource because of the water that it's found near and so today if you and i want to be counted amongst those who trust in god we need to be connected to the living waters we need to be in intimate connection with him 
And so as I was preparing for this, I was seated on my terrace. I was observing the, the lake beside our house. And the biologist in me got so excited just thinking about what potential adaptations these plants would have. So what I did was I, I got onto the internet and I was just reading a couple of scholarly articles just to understand what these plants actually do to actually equip them to stand beside a river. And there were three very interesting um, facets of these plants that I thought I'll share with you. And I believe that each of us, each of us can use that for our lives too. The first thing is that these trees, they don't just abruptly grow. They don't have growth spurts like our kids. They take their time. In fact, it's quality over quantity. They will keep growing slowly and steadily for the next 10 years. So if you plant them, you're not going to see abrupt growth, you know, in the first two years. You're going to see it over a period of time. But the growth is sure. The growth is happening. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 to understand this more. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, if you become a believer and you expect to just become this, um, you know, awesomely holy and pure person overnight, you're going to be mistaken because the very next day you're probably going to do something that disappoints yourself or disappoints someone else. So being a Christian means that our growth is gradual. We start out like babies, you know, just on mother's milk. And then we grow into this place of baby food where we're starting to understand things a little bit more. And then we go into, you know, semi-solids where we're able to understand, okay, so this is what God was talking about in the Old Testament and how it links to the new. And then we come to solid food where we're able to understand what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to give us fresh revelation every single day from his word. That's what growth looks like. And it happens over a lifetime. You meet a person who's 85, who's in the Lord, he'll tell you, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still growing in the Lord. You meet a baby Christian who's just accepted the Lord and they're so excited and on fire. But remind them that they have a long way to go. They have a lifetime. And we don't have to stress or strain because God brings the growth. So the first important thing that I want us to remember is that like these plants which grow beside rivers, we need to be prepared to go in it for the long haul. We can't expect to have overnight growth and to be, you know, like um, class one, um, you know, in, in, in you watch these mutant movies, they say class one mutants, which are the highest breed. That's not going to happen. We're going to grow over time and we need to be patient with ourselves. We need to give God the room to work in us and through us. And the results will be amazing. Those around us will observe the growth. I believe that I've grown in the past three years. I believe that the way I used to react for certain things three years back is not how I react now. And so when we believe that we are growing, we need to extend grace to others that they are growing as well and believe that they are growing, believe they are changing because like this passage says, like the Apostle Paul says, he says, we are all changing into his glorious image. He makes us more and more like him. So when we close our eyes in death, finally, we can believe that God's work on us is done. He's ready to take us home. And that until then, we're growing into his likeness. Isn't that exciting? That our growth is for the long haul. It's not an overnight thing. We're not going to have growth spurts. It's going to be a gradual but a beautiful journey. So that's the first thing. The second thing about these plants, which I found ridiculously mind-blowing, was the fact that they are incredibly good at wound healing. So generally, plant has wound healing properties where if there's an injury, physical or mechanical injury on it, it will heal. 
But these plants, because they're constantly near water, their soil is waterlogged. And so there's a lot of moisture in the air as well. They could easily rot if there are open wounds. So they learn to wound heal wound healed doubly fast. They, they start to heal faster than a regular plant. Why? To prevent rot. And so I want to remind us of this, that in order to last, we need to be quick at wound healing. And how do these wounds happen? Most often because of rot in deep places in our lives. I want us to read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 14. This is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set for us. Uh, verse 14 says, Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So what it's talking about here is the spiritual rot that sometimes can get into our lives. I've noticed in my life, if bitterness is left unchecked, it causes rot. If there's anger, latent anger, it causes rot. If there are unsettled issues, it causes rot. It, if there is a, a kind of, you know, a grudge against someone, rot. Here in this Hebrews, the author writes that we need to get rid of the things that entangle us. And that is sin. The sin in our lives sometimes becomes an inner rot. Nobody on the outside can see it, but it will rot us from within. And that kind of rot is detrimental to our final growth. It's detrimental to our fruitfulness. And so like these plants which wound healed at double the speed, we need to be quick at repenting for the sin that entangles us. We need to be ready to live at peace with those around us. We need to be quick at settling grudges and saying, you know what, I'm not going to be bitter about this. Like verse 14 says, work at living at peace with everyone, work at living a holy life. One of the bad words of this generation is holy. They don't like it. You know, we say you need to live a holy life. They don't like it. My children don't like it. They say, why do you want us to be holy? But what is he talking about here? He's saying, allow me to help you live a holy life. We can't do it on our own. But the beauty of it is that if we need to last until eternity and into eternity, we need to allow ourselves to heal quickly. Now, I'm not saying you just brush things under the carpet, not at all. We need to come to a place of transparency with God and saying, Lord, I'm bruised. This person hurt me. They broke my heart. This believer in the church let me down, Lord. This person cheated me, but I want to forgive them. I want to move on. Help me. I found in my short life of 37 years that people don't give us closure. You know, we sometimes talk to people in effort to clear the air and a lot of times they disappoint us. They don't actually give us the closure we need. But I have found that the Lord in his goodness and his kindness gives us the closure we need. He heals us. He heals the wound. Time doesn't heal. The Holy Spirit heals. So if you are saying, I've been this place of having this grudge against that father who left. I am having this huge um, issue with this person who left me, who, who rejected me. Can I ask you to heal quickly? Double that, that process up because when the rot gets in, it's hard to push it out. We need to heal fast and we can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want you to think about this. Where are the wounds deep in your life? Maybe you have hidden sins. Maybe there are sins that even your spouse doesn't know about, but you know it's wrong. And it, it will keep you from living the holy life that God has for you. 
holy? Why did I do that? Because it's a life that God desires of us. He sees it in us. He says, you know what? It, you're capable of it. But you need to fight the sin that so easily entangles us. He understands. But he wants to empower us. He wants to help us. And so today, if you want to last, if you want to endure until eternity, we need to get rid of the sin that threatens to seep in and cause heart rot. We need to get rid of the things that entangle us, the bitterness, the sadness, the grief, the, the discouragement that has happened. Let it go. Ask God to heal you. It doesn't make what the other person did to you right. Not at all. But you can be set free so that you can have a life that is long-lasting and not just long-lasting, but actually helps you live every day with purpose. Live every day better. Live it with joy. That's what this does. So that's the second interesting thing about these plants, that they won't heal so fast. And the third thing is that these plants, you know, the ones that are growing beside lakes and rivers, they can be transplanted anywhere. So you take them out, you can put it in the middle of a city to beautify a garden or, you know, in your backyard, and they will thrive anywhere. You know why? Because the roots have gone so deep. They've learned to go deep in and settle. So when you actually uproot them, they're so hardy, not just the root system, even the entire plant it's basically been buffeted by all kinds of physical phenomena. I remember when we had the cyclone in Chennai, those trees were the only ones which didn't fall down. They were right near the lake. The lake was close to overflowing. There were winds of high speeds, but nothing happened to those trees. They stood firm. They bent. But after the storm, they were still standing. Whereas a lot of the other trees on other side roads, you know, farther away from the lake, had fallen down. Why? Because these trees are built for stress. They are built to take a drought. If there is a low water table, because the roots have gone deep, it can manage. Because they are so sturdy, even if they are thin stems, they are so sturdy that they are actually able to withstand a storm of cyclonic proportions. Today, you and I, we cannot choose the battles that come and hit us. While we talked about heart root and the sins that kind of eat us up from within, the storms that hit us from outside, we, we don't get to pick. Like, in fact, like Jeremiah said, he said, they, you will not be afraid in seasons of heat or drought. He didn't say if they happen. He says when it will happen. We will hit seasons of drought. Maybe your business has just not been happening. Maybe you're saying, I don't know what to do. I, I've run out of ideas. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I feel like my, my, my health has just turned against me. I feel like I, I have heat all over me. I feel like I'm just going through one trial after the next. Here's the thing. If, you're, if you want to be that plant planted by rivers of water, you need to be stress resistant. I'm someone, you know, ever since I had my aneurysm, the doctor told me just one thing. He said, you need to make sure you don't have stress in your life. And so my husband and I laughed and told him we have three children. I have to bring these three children up. There's going to be a lot of stress in my life. But as I meditated on this, I realized this, that Lord, there is going to be stress. Yes. But how am I going to react to it? Am I going to just cave in and fall to the ground in pieces? Or am I going to stand up and say, I can face this with Christ's help? Is that how I'm going to look at it? Because these plants are built to resist stress. They're built to withstand drought. They're built to withstand storms. That's you and me. That's what we are built for. And each storm that hits us, we get stronger and stronger. That's the amazing thing. Every trial, every fiery trial that we undergo is not for nothing. 
He is training us for bigger things. So I want to encourage you that if you long to thrive, you need to be very stress resistant. And so we, you and I, we can't beat the stress in the sense it's going to come at us, but we can choose to thrive in the middle of stress. That's what these plants are built for. That none of these plants, you know, even when the storms were hitting it, all their leaves stood firm on them. I've not seen fruits on many of them, so I don't know about that. But I remember seeing them flourishing even after the storm. It was a welcome change because there was so much of debris on the other side of the road where there was no water. But on the side of the lake, they stood still and calm, providing so much of greenery to us. And so I, it got me thinking, you know, that each of us are going through different storms. Maybe your storm today is in a relationship. Maybe your storm is in your career. Maybe your storm is with a family member. I don't know what your storm is, but each of us, and I can say this boldly, each of us are going through storms of different kinds, but we can thrive in the midst of it if Jesus is our anchor, if Jesus is the aquifer, if he is the water table, if I keep searching for him, if I keep seeking him, I'm in good hands. I can withstand any storm. So can you. So today when we looked at these three things, this is what I want us to remember. We are planted each of us, we are planted to grow, to thrive, and to last. We are not planted just like those desert shrubs with, you know, rootless, aimless. That's not our, the point of our existence. As Christians, we have been planted to grow. You and I are growing into the image and likeness of God. Isn't that amazing? You and I have been planted to thrive. We are not meant to just survive, you know, just to kind of bite our teeth and get through a hard time. No, we're called to thrive. Whatever it is you're going through right now, can I encourage you that you are called to thrive? And finally, we are called to, planted to last. Not just to kind of fade out and drag our feet to the finish line, but no, we're going to last so that when we close our eyes and we open it in eternity, we will hear the master saying, well done, good and faithful servant. That is the call on our lives. That is what each of us have been saved for. So I want to ask you as we close, what has your life looked like thus far? Has your life been one where you can say, you know what, I trust God entirely. Jesus is everything to me. I trust him with everything. Or have been there been seasons when you've said, you know what, God has let me down. I can't do this anymore. I'd rather trust myself. Or maybe family has let me down, so I'll trust myself. Or maybe you say, you know what, the way I logically think and plan things in my calendar and put things down and, you know, analyze it, that has saved me, I'll trust it. If you're like me, I believe that in these past two years, one and a half years at least, we have seen a systematic lack of justice. We've seen pharmaceutical companies let us down. We've seen leaders let us down. We've seen situations around us crumble and make us lose faith in humanity. And so if anything, you know, this is a great time for us to recalibrate and say, Lord, Everything around me seems to be collapsing and shaking. The rest of the world has moved on. But we in India, we're still in a state of just, you know, a fragile state. Can I say that this is a great time for us to come back and say, Lord, I trust in you alone. I don't trust in what people say about things. I don't trust in what people are saying, you know, this is what I need to do. I trust you. If you tell me to do this, I'll do it. I trust you with the hardest parts of my life. I trust you even with the good parts. Because I know you care so much for me. Are you in that place today? 
have you come to a place of saying i can't take the stress anymore i'm at the end of my rope maybe you're saying this growth feels like growth pains it's not really a smooth process true growth is never easy but he's not done with you and maybe you're saying you know what there is a lot of rot in my heart there have been so much of the past that has been tangled up with me that i'm not able to move on but i want to encourage you today even as i pray for you can you close your eyes and ask god lord i want to be planted so that i grow so that i thrive so that i last and i want you living waters to give me fresh life new life renew me lord every dead part of my life renew it resurrect it living waters satisfy every desire i have some desires which i can't even mention to someone else because it it makes me feel embarrassed but i come to you with that knowing that you can satisfy every desire of my life can we ask him today the living water can wash us and set us free the living waters gives us fresh life new life father i just ask that each one of us wherever we are at in our journey we thank you for choosing us for predestining us for this life and we thank you that we're not alone that we have you alongside us every step of the way and i pray that lord each of us will find ourselves right beside you living waters i pray oh father that you will just come in and make your home with us i pray lord areas in our life which are dry and desolate like a salt land like a wilderness that you will come in and just rehydrate that lord you will bring fruit about in our lives that lord you will change the things which are so dead and bring about new life once again father i pray that you will make us so tough within and without i pray that lord you will make us stress resistant that lord every heart rot you will clear and cleanse so father bring it to mind this week even as we ask you lord where are the areas of rot in my heart in my spirit that you will remind us that we can repent and come before you knowing that you make all things new help us oh father help us lord we entrust our lives to you we believe that you who have begun a new work in our lives you will be faithful to complete it we thank you and we love you in jesus name amen amen if you're saying that um i want jesus i've been contemplating jesus or or if you're saying you know what i like jesus he's one of the many gods that i like i want to tell you today jesus is the way the truth and the life there is no other way to god except through him he is god he was god in the flesh and he's a son of god and it is on by believing in him that you will have eternal life that you will have life that is changed forever and it it starts with this simple prayer but it's a lifelong process it's one where you discover jesus on a daily basis through his word through the community that you place yourself in but i can tell you this that when you accept jesus into your life when you accept that you're a sinner when you repent of your sins and you accept him into your life he promises to be with you forever he promises to help you in everything and his holy spirit does that for us so if you're saying i want jesus i want to live a life that has renewed meaning there is so much deadness in my life there is so much that i'm ashamed of hey you know what you need jesus he is the way he is the truth he is the life can you repeat this prayer after me heavenly father thank you 
for creating me. Thank you for loving me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm broken. I need you, Lord. I pray that you will come into my life, that you will cleanse me and you will set me right before you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead and I believe that you are coming again one day. I ask that your Holy Spirit helps me as I start this journey with you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to remind me of anything that I need to repent of. Holy Spirit, reveal things through God's word to me. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer, this is just the first step. We believe that God has an incredible plan for your life. And so we would love to be in touch with you. If you are in a different city, we would love to get you connected with a faith community in that city. If you're in Chennai and you're looking for a place, we'd love to connect with you. Most importantly, you're not meant to do this journey alone. You're not meant to get to know Jesus all by yourself. You should start by reading the word of God. But more than that, we want to surround you. We want to help you. We want to aid you on this journey. So please get in touch with us. We'd love to journey with you. And most importantly, remember that it is a relationship with Jesus that matters. This is not a prayer that you just say by heart and then move on with your life. No, it's a relationship. And like any relationship, it grows with, you know, a lot of communication. So speak to him like you would a friend. Get to know him. Start reading the Bible. That's where everything begins. Read his word and grow in him. I urge each of you that you will just walk in this confidence knowing that you belong to God, that he has a great plan for you and that if you want to be counted as someone who trusts God, that you will rely on the living waters and that you will live a life that's powerful, live a life that is so life transforming. I pray that you will enjoy this life every single day this week. God bless you. Have an amazing week ahead. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, Whoever finds Jesus, finds life.